Hi everybody and welcome to the 5 Bytes Podcast. I'm your host, Rory Monahan. In the news this week, Ars Technica reported that Microsoft's Windows 10 April 2018 update was their most rapidly deployed major update so far. Microsoft's deployment process for updates is publicly available and you can see that it's quite extensive with many different stages or rings for testing. So for this update, there was an extra factor in the mix, machine learning. The company built a machine learning model to identify which system characteristics meant that the updates was likely to succeed. With this model, viable candidate systems could be more rapidly identified, in turn enabling the update to be more aggressively pushed to those systems. And that resulted in fewer rollback installations, fewer crashes, and less negative user feedback. During the deployment of the update, incompatibilities were detected. As an example, Microsoft says that a version of Avast Behavior Shield caused a reboot issue. The immediate fix was to blacklist systems with the problematic software, meaning that within 24 hours of the problem being detected, at-risk machines were no longer being updated. This was then communicated to Avast, who were able to take the appropriate action. In other Microsoft news, Microsoft have announced a major overhaul to the user interface of their Office products. The ribbon menu, which has been in the last few versions, appears to be no more, with the much more simplified, minimalist menu taking its place. This appears to be in a bid to make the experience consistent across all platforms and devices. And in keeping with the Office news and some other Office-related news, Microsoft have published an updated doc to include a remove MSI element in the configuration.xml file of the Office Deployment Toolkit, which will uninstall any MSI installed versions of Office 2010, 2013, or 2016, which may be on your machines. This is awesome for those upgrading to Office 365 Pro Plus. It really takes a lot of the manual effort and guesswork out. And for packagers and those working in deployments, be it SCCM or otherwise, this will make things much easier. This week, ControlUp posted a blog previewing their upcoming release of version 7.2, which features many different enhancements, including a virtual expert auto-generated views feature, which will streamline your troubleshooting efforts by presenting the most relevant data for the issue being highlighted. So if you're familiar with ControlUp, if say a metric on your dashboard is showing red and you're aware that there's an issue for your applications or users are reporting issues, you see that red metric, today you might have to drill down and try to navigate through to figure out what the problem is. Well, now that's become easier. When you drill down, it's going to present the data relative to the stress points to that metric and show you the most relevant data first. There's less jumping around or drilling down yourself to try and figure those problems out. It appears your Insights Environment Assessment reports will be providing information related to usage of applications and OS, lengths of sessions, heavy users, abnormalities in usage patterns, and showing you those different deviations in your environment, who may be bad actors, in terms of applications or users or workstations or what have you. So it's like a general assessment or health report to allow you to improve your environment. With the new advanced trigger based on a single metric, you'll be able to set up your own 
uh, triggers our notifications based off of different events such as you know disk space running low on a server or maybe even more relevant for a Citrix environment if your VDA unregisters notify you. For me the biggest value of control up in this world with many different monitoring solutions out in the market is its benefits as an overall management framework. And with version 7.2, we will be able to manage Nutanix Acropolis control up style. With those easy right click automated mitigations, uh, management actions, and everything you know and love today for managing your Citrix environments, your VDI environments, your servers, you'll now have some of those capabilities with the Nutanix Acropolis too. And continuing with the trend of product announcements in the last few episodes, ControlUp will now also be providing a dark theme option. And these are just a few of the announcements with more expected with the release coming next week. So keep an eye out for more announcements. Really bad news this week for Docker enthusiasts as it has been reported by multiple sources that 17 backdoor Docker images were removed in May but had been on the Docker hub for close to a year. The offending images had been downloaded millions of times and contained a cryptocurrency miner and may have generated as much as $90,000 for the creators. Unfortunately, this is a real challenge to these open hub platforms. And now for this episode's hot job. This week's hot job comes courtesy of a tweet I saw. It's with the threat analysis group in Google who are searching for a software engineer to work on systems supporting their threat intel analysts. If you like front end development and are interested in understanding nation state sponsored attackers, this may be the opportunity for you. The job is based in Zurich, Switzerland. So for any of my Swiss listeners, this might interest you or anyone else over in Europe, or possibly, if hey, if you're looking to move to Switzerland, it might be a pretty cool opportunity to do that. If you'd like to apply for the position, check out the link on 5bytespodcast.com for this episode, or find it in the YouTube description. And now for this episode, scripts, tricks, and tips. So this week's a little bit different. Uh, I've got a few tips. Earlier this week, I had a great conversation with a couple of techies from Australia who are launching a new user group. It made me think about some tips I could give to those who may want to try and launch their own user group, Coder Dojo, or any community get-together. And the tips are as follows. Don't worry about low attendance. Keep having the meetings anyway. Consistency is very important to growing your audience. Know your location and timing. Pick a place which is convenient for your core demographic. If you're trying to get a crowd of IT professionals, you want to avoid times which require people to fight traffic. Probably avoid like Friday afternoons, late in the evenings when people are getting ready to shut off or shut down for the weekend. Just be cognizant of who your audience is. If you want to find a cheap or free venue, try to find out groups who meet in your area and see where they meet. A quick search on meetup.com can be good for this research, and you'll find that there's likely companies in your area who are open to allowing you to use their office spaces for free, as they're just supportive of this kind of community type of event. Also, get on Twitter. Twitter is by far my most valuable networking tool. It's not better than speaking to someone in person, but it's a great tool when that's not an option. 
Twitter can be key in helping you to promote your events. And finally, content, content, and content. Don't just rely on sales guys or marketing guys or sponsors to provide content for your meetups. Try and get some user-driven content or even just start off with general discussions amongst the group. You learn much more from your peers than you will from a vendor who's trying to sell you something. And the highest value of these user groups isn't even just the content, it's getting to know the other techies in your area, become friends with them. Over time, you'll be able to ask them questions. If you're running into a problem at work, just reach out to them you know, outside of the user group and ask them if they've had this problem before. You'll discover through talking to people who's got a very similar environment to you, who's using the same kind of products as you, you'll know where to go to like bounce ideas off of the right people. And if you've never been to a user group before, I suggest you try because that is the kind of value you get out of it. Before wrapping up this episode, uh, I'd just like to promote something of my own, if I may. Uh, if you'd like to support my efforts to grow the podcast, please subscribe to my updates on RoryMon.com. If you go to RoryMon.com, it's right in the footer. You'll see there's a form that you can fill in to subscribe or join up to get my updates. I, this is something I started last year, and through it, I held a fantasy football competition for techies, which was great fun, and multiple people won prizes throughout the football season. I've produced several free tools and resources, which I emailed links out to, those, to the people who have subscribed. Um, I'm also hoping that someday, if I have a decent list of people who have signed up, I may be able to host webinars and online community events or something even more unique and cool. Let's see what we could do. I also don't send out updates very often. Like I said, I've had that up on my site for almost a year. I've sent two emails in a year. I don't think I'll send any more than possibly three or four, to be honest. So go ahead to RoryMon.com and sign up if you'd like. It helps support me and my efforts to grow this podcast. And that's it for this week. As always, thanks so much for listening. Mm-hmm.